Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Today, I want to talk to you all about, I want to kind of lift a burden. I want to kind of break down a wall. I want to kind of get you pointed in the right direction to pursuing your dreams. May I do that today, y'all? Stick with me. I promise. I promise it's going to be exciting. I promise you're going to get something. I promise you're going to leave this place feeling totally different than when you came in. The the, the message today is entitled, Fear is Not a Factor. Now, I don't know about you, but I like reality TV a little bit. And I'm not talking about reality TV like Real Housewives of whatever city they're in this week. I'm talking about reality. And I'm not talking about Jerry Springer, Amari Povich, the the baby's not yours and all of this. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that reality TV. I'm talking about reality TV like American Gladiators. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm talking about reality series like, like, like uh, Survivor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm talking about reality series like, like Fear Factor. Now, I don't know about you, but that was a great show. I love that show. How many of y'all used to sit there and say, I, I wouldn't do that? Uh, or, or how many of you say, I would do it? But you know what the prize was for people to do? Not, not, okay, some people didn't raise their hand. Let me explain what Fear Factor was. Fear Factor was this show, uh, basically, where, 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 where three contestants competed, right? The, the main prize in the end was $50,000. In this economy, that's not a lot of bread. Okay, once the government take theirs, that's about $25,000, okay? And, and you, you already then spent that. I mean, you done spent that three times over, right? So it's not a lot of money. But here's what was going on. Three contestants compete. And each round, somebody was eliminated. And you had to do daring things, okay? Sometimes it would start off with eating weird stuff. It was, it was physical, and it was a psychological thing. Oh, man, it was so good. Why did that show end? That was a good show. Anyway, so, so, so I'm going to be nasty because the show was kind of nasty. But, like, you, you would have to eat stuff like, like bull testicles. Now, in certain places, that's, that's a delicacy, but on Fear Factor, but, you know, it's a delicacy when it's cooked. You understand? Fear Factor, you're eating them raw, okay? And you had to eat testicles or, or eat meat with maggots on it. Huh? Well, eyeballs. Come on, come on. He with me. He, you, you were a fan of Fear Factor, right? right? Uh, and, th- and then if you made it past the eating crazy stuff round, then you had to do like a, a physical challenge. So one of the things I saw, man, it was crazy where uh, you, they, like you went into, they had these people go into a, uh, you had to, you were on a wheel, right? They laid you on the wheel and they, and you spin around and wherever it land, you had to do that thing. Okay. Some of the things they had to do, like one was like, if you landed on it, you get your hair cut bald. 
And for guys, you're like, whatever, you know. But for a lady who has beautiful locks, ooh, that's rough, right? Oh, my lock. I just got my hair did for the show because I knew I was going to be on national TV. I mean, I know it's going to be toe up in the end, but at least I'm going to start off pretty. Okay. And so, so, so to have her locks cut is a major deal. Another one was like, if you ended up, you had to go into a gas chamber and they threw cans of tear gas in there for you. And you had to stay in there for a certain amount of time. You couldn't come out. It was a, con- it was a container. And I was like, Ooh, man, for $50,000, I'm not going to risk my life. I'm not going to risk my life. Hair, okay. Hair don't care. I'm losing mine right now anyway. That's why I cut my hair low. So I wouldn't, that wouldn't matter to me. The gas chamber, no. Then I saw one. Watch this. Okay, and this is my last story. It's just so good. Y'all ever see the one where, they, where, where you had to lay in the pit of snakes? For us. Y'all remember? Ooh, wee. And you see them hissing or the one with the Costa Rican cockroaches? Ooh, wee. All right, all right. I'm done. But isn't it amazing that these people risk it all for $50,000, but I guarantee they wouldn't risk that much for their dream? And the thing is, we were excited about that show. I knew I was. I was like, man, but would I go and lay in the pit of snakes for my dream? Would I step out there on faith and eat some Costa Rican cockroaches for my dream? Would I do something crazy like chase a lion into a pit to conquer the dream that God has placed in me? Fear, my brothers, is not a factor. You know why most people don't achieve their dreams? And I've done research and I've searched all over. There are several, several companies that have done data to prove this. The number one reason, the number one reason out of every company that I research who just does and receives data, the number one reason that people do not achieve their dreams is because fear is a factor. Fear is a factor. You know what? You know why, you know, we know we, and you know what we fear? I'm going to give you a few things we fear. This is what we fear. This is why we don't step out there. This is what we fear. We fear failure. Number one thing we fear. We fear failure. And may I offer to you all, nobody in this world has been successful without failure. The Wright brothers invented the planes and all of this stuff. How many of them crashed before it got up in the air? The march that Dr. Martin Luther King, we all get to see the freedom and all this stuff. How many times did the march not work before it actually worked? How many times did they have to press the restart button? How many times did they have us say, hey, we're going to have a rally and only 10 people show? See, we don't hear that. All we see is the highlight reels. I've spoken with real, live, civil rights activists who were there and said, we have meetings in churches and nobody showed up. We had to change our strategy in order for that dream to become a reality. How many times, how, how many times did, did Michael Jordan have to shoot free throws before he could master of becoming one of the best NBA players of all time? I don't care if you argue with me. That's the truth. He was actually cut from his high school basketball team. Freshman. Thank you, sir. Look at that. Somebody knows basketball. How many times did Muhammad Ali have to take a hit to the head before he realized I got to do something else? 
We've all started things and failed. Failure is part of success. You can't separate the two. You have to try, try, and try again. One of the things we fear is failure. The second thing we fear is judgment. You know, like I know, that dream you have, you are not qualified for. You know, like I know, you don't even know the first step in achieving it. And you're afraid to step out there and look silly in front of everybody else. Because if this, thing's fa- if this thing fail, you don't want to hear that person say, I told you so. Can I preach for a little while? We fear failure. We fear judgment. Guess what else we fear? It's going to trip you all out. We actually fear success. We actually fear this one thing working and it's successful. And it's like, okay, that worked, but now I've got to live up to the hype. I don't think that I have the muster to do that. I fear this thing actually working out. Can I, can, can I have a pastoral confession, please? I, I've said this before, and, and, and if you're new here, don't judge me too harsh. But when this church started, we, charged, we started out of the, the, the uh, in, uh, in situation that happened where one church closed, and we called God uh, and asked God what, he should, what we should do, and God said, start a church. And, and there was a part of me saying, okay, Maybe after a year, this thing will fizzle. Because if, God forbid, this is successful, I totally don't feel qualified right now. Yes, I went to seminary, but that was only because I wanted to learn something. I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't want to be a preacher. I want to just learn. I want to expand my, my capacity and learn more about our faith. So, so, so early stages, not, not Mosaic Church. When we, when, we, when we decided to become Mosaic Church, I was all the way in. But while we were still the other church, part of me was like, man, hopefully this doesn't work. So then I can just go like everybody else went. And it wasn't because, watch this, it wasn't because I didn't want it to succeed. It was because I was afraid it would succeed and I wouldn't live up to the hype. And some of y'all got these dreams and you know like, oh man, if I step out and do this, this is going to change the world. I've got a best-selling novel in me, but man, you know why so many artists only have one hit? You know why? They can't live up to the hype of the hit number two. They can't. And you know what happens? They come out with that second hit. That first hit was so dope. It was the jam. It's still your jam. It's going to be your mama them jam. It's the jam of all jams. And, it's, and, and listen, it wasn't their best work. But it was your jam. And they're saying, wow. So they put way too many creative elements in it. And they, and they release it saying, this is, this is the one. This is better than that first jam. And they release it and it's a flop. Why? Because that first song was pure. It was innocent. They just threw it out there. They didn't even think it was going to be a hit from the get-go. And everybody loved it, and it became everybody's jam. And now the success of it has caused them to not give their very best because of the hype. We fear success. I know it's crazy to believe, but it's the truth. We fear success. Why? Because we fear we can't live up to our own hype. Here, let me help you out with some things today. There was a man that you all may know, but didn't know this about him. There was a man who feared the dark. He feared night. He feared being alone in a dark place. But you know what he did? He didn't just sit there and allow fear to to keep him in in, in that place of fearing dark places. He says, I'm going to create something where, 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 where it'll illuminate the night in my room all night. 
Uh, I know there's something that already exists, but I'm going to fix it so that it never goes out. Uh, This man that I'm speaking about is a guy by the name of Thomas Edison. Uh, In case you don't know who he is, he didn't invent the light. Matter of fact, the first uh, patent for uh, the light was a black man, if we can be honest with it. But but he didn't perfect it. Thomas Edison came behind him and says, I'm going to create something so that the light stays illuminated until I cut it out. Now, the one that the brother uh, created first, it it, it actually had a, uh, it was gas. So once the gas ran out, the light went out. Okay, so Thomas Edison says, this is not enough. Let me create something so that I can control when to turn it off and when to turn it on. Why? Because I'm afraid of the dark. So he took his fear and said, I'm going to create something different so I no longer have to fear. Come on, somebody. There's something in you that you're fearing and God is saying, you can be the change agent of that thing that's got you trimmed up in fear. Oh, I feel like preaching a little bit this morning. Some of the greatest accomplishments, some of the greatest inventions, some of the greatest movements and cultural shifts in the world all began with a dream. Steve Job was out before Windows came out. He was out before there was a Bill Gates and all of them. But Bill Gates said, man, this Apple thing, this Macintosh thing is good, but it's slow, it's big, it's bulky, it's too much. I've got to create something easier to use, faster with information, uh, something better. So, so him and his friends got together and they began to think and dream and hear that word, began to think and dream and began to think and dream and try this and try that after one failed attempt, after another failed attempt, after being wor- after, after worrying about people judging them and casting judgment and laughing at them for the failures that they've already created all of a sudden bill gates comes up with what windows and it was incredible had steve jobs like whoa steve jobs like whoa where, where, where do these guys come from dropouts mind you coming up with this masterpiece that i mentioned that you know bill gates dropped out y'all didn't know that he didn't he didn't finish college yeah in case y'all didn't know that so don't think that you need an education to change the world with your idea with your dream Don't think that you need a whole lot of money. He didn't have that. He didn't come from wealth. He had a dream. And friends who had a similar dream. Friends who believed the same dream. And they got together and they took this thing by storm. By storm. By storm. Had Steve Jobs in there like, whoa, wait a minute. This is all too fast. Okay, 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 okay. I need you, 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 and you. Y'all a whole bunch of smart people. What can we do to defeat this? And you know what they did? They looked at the flaws and fixed the flaws and made it better. Now, MacBook Pro is is one of the top selling things. Now, of course, you know, there's still this battle back and forth. But my whole point is started with a dream. He dreamed of a faster and better way to use technology. He dreamed of it. He dreamt of it. And you, my brothers and sisters, have a dream that will change the world, that will change and shift your community, that will change and shift. Watch this. Your dream could be something as small as raising a good Bible-fearing family. And you know what? I know that sounds small, but for you, that may really mean it can only happen with the power and grace of God. You can't do it by yourself. That may really mean that for you to see all that you want to see happen in your family, for you to see the greatness in everybody, for your family members to see the greatness in themselves, it really may require a move of God. That may be your dream, but you, hallelujah, can do it. 
You've got to have the spirit of Benaiah, the courage of Benaiah. You've got to look at that dream and say, dream is either me or you. Either, either you're going to kill me or we're going to work this thing out together and change the world. I am not going to let fear prevent me from achieving my God-given dream. Here's the other thing that we worry about. Money. Resources. That's the other thing we fear. I want, that, that, that stops us. Fear is the one, number one. Number two is uh, resources. We don't have the resources. This is why we don't pursue our dreams. Let me tell you something. You will never have the resources. Let me tell you something. People, and please don't take offense if this is you. I'm not judging anybody. I've never, there, there are only a small, very small minority of lottery winners that are still successful today. Very small number. Uh, remember I told you I like reality shows? That was one I liked. I, I love to see how these lottery, I don't know if you ever saw it. It was on one of those Lifetime shows. I don't know. But anyway, it had a, a series on all of these lottery winners who won millions. And, and it talked about, well, well, what do they do with their money? Because, I mean, I've never played it. I've never spent one single penny on the lottery. I haven't. But I always dream when I see those big numbers. Like, man, what would I do with $123 million? And I would do the same thing. I'm just going to be honest. I would do the same thing, right, that the other people done. Lose it. Lose it. Because if I got $123 million, let's be, can I be real for half a second? Let me just sit right here and be real with y'all for half a second. If I got $123 million, my prayer life going to change. Oh, it done got quiet in here. Your prayer life going to change. Why? You ain't going to depend on God like you used to. I got $123 million. I could do whatever I want. And what you going to do? The same thing to the people who won that lotto did. Lose it. I'm being honest. My prayer life would probably change just like yours would. We real people here. I know I'm the pastor. I shouldn't say that stuff. But I like to be transparent. Money changes us. The Bible tells us not money is the root of all evil. What? The love of money is the root of all evil. And when we love money, and that's not saying, oh, I love money. I'm going to shower in it. I'm going to burn it like uh, Floyd Mayweather. No, 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 no. That's not love of money. That's lust of money. Love of money is dependence on money and not dependence on God. And if you have $123 million, you will feel in your carnal mind that I don't have to depend on God. And what you're going to do is Ray Ray, Pookie, Nay Nay, all of them going to find you. They're going to all need some money. You're going to give them some money. You're going to buy your mama a house because you always wanted to buy her a house. Then you're going to buy her a car. You're going to buy your daddy something if he shows up. You Come on. I can talk about it a little bit. You're going to give your church some money. You're going to give it all out. You're going to have cousins you ain't never know you even had before show up and say, I, I, I'm about to die. I got three kidneys, and I know most people ain't born that way. And they have to be, one has to be removed, and I need $5 million to do it. <laughs> can, I, can I be... <laughs> And you're going to spend 123. Why? Because your dependence will no longer be on God. It will be on dead presidents, not a dead and risen king. May I give you some dream nuggets for dream chasers? Where are the dream chasers at? Where are my dream chasers at? I got some dream nuggets for you. I got some dream nuggets for you. Here's the first dream nugget I want to give you. You ready for this? One thing you need to know. Don't be ruled by fear, but ruled by the power of God. If money is your issue, I want to tell you something right now. Watch this. If money is your issue, can I say this again? If money is your issue, watch this. Provision follows purpose. 
If money is your issue, get your purpose in line. Provision follows purpose. Start pursuing your dream. Start stepping out there and doing what God has purposed in you to do. Start walking out there with your chest up. Start chasing your dream and watch the bunny be right behind you saying, hold on, hold on, hold on, let me catch up with you. You no longer have to chase money because you're a dream chaser. You're chasing dreams and the money is chasing you, dream chaser. Can I tell y'all something? Didn't I say earlier I didn't want to do this? Didn't I say earlier that a part of me wished that this thing would fail? Didn't I say earlier that I, I just wish that, that, that may, maybe this thing won't work out because I was afraid of, of, of the success? So I stepped out there and started pursuing God's dream because Broderick's dream was never the pastor. Broderick wanted to be an international musician, which I was, by the way. I composed for Emmy Award winning movies and Broadway shows. I still receive a check from both. I'm not bragging, just telling you about my God. So anyway, I didn't want to do this preaching thing I wanted to continue with my music thing but once I stepped out there and said this is the dream God has for me sat my wife down and says honey life is going to be a little bit different we may be in a poor house for a while but this is God's dream let's just go and see what happens the minute I started doing like this hello sir I wanted to give you a check for $500 just because you're doing what God said you're doing What's in the mailbox today? A thousand dollars just for doing what you're saying God is saying you to do. Let me tell you something. I don't take a salary from this church. God takes care of me. I'm telling you the truth right now. I don't work a full-time job. God takes care of me. Unexpected blessings. Why? Because I am living out the vision of God. And as I'm living out the vision of God, provision is right on me like, here, let me give you something. Come on. You step out there and begin to fulfill your dream. Watch provision catch up with you. You've been running like this and provision like, hold up, hold up. Why? Because you're not chasing provision. You're chasing the dream. And Benaiah looked in that lion's face. He says, I'm going to chase you, lion. I'm going to chase you. I'm not worried about fear. I got you. I know I'm going to kill you. I know I'm going to defeat you. I know that I'll be victorious. This is why I chase you. And you need to be the same way. I know I'll fulfill my dreams. I know if I chase it with passion and determination. God has me. Whoa. Ah. Provision follows purpose and passion. You know why we stop dreaming? You know why we get afraid when we dream? And we know it's a God-given dream. This is why. Because God gives us the dream, but he doesn't give us the details. We're spoiled here in this country. We need to know what's going to happen next. I was playing a gig the other day with a musician. And he was a new musician to the band. And we were at the airport. And he was playing bass. And he was struggling. And I said, it's all right, brother. You know, just, just slow it down a little bit. He says, oh, man, but this, this is what the note says. I says, I'll tell you what. You playing because you know what's coming next. But I dare you to close your eyes and feel where the music is taking you. And I'm telling you right now, I dare you to stop thinking about what God is going to do next. Focus on right now and just keep on moving this is why you don't move you don't know what God is doing next but you got to remember Jeremiah 29 11 for I know the plans I have for you and they are good not for disaster if you know that and that alone that should compel you to just keep on doing the running man (laughs) 
Second nugget I want to give my dream chasers, a dream nugget for dream chasers. We always talking about culture and complaining. Here's what I want to tell you. You need to create culture. Don't complain about it. You need to create culture. Don't complain about it. I know that, that that's, that's weird to you, but let me explain it. I just talked about Bill Gates and what he did. Instead of complaining how slow internet was, instead of complaining how slow the processing speeds were, instead of complaining what he did, he shifted culture with his dream. Uh, the same way that, that, that the Wright brothers uh, uh, said, when people look, laughed at them, said, man, humans will never fly. We don't have wings. God didn't make us that way. He thought outside the box. He says, well, I didn't say I was going to put wings on us. I'll put us in a, in a situation where we're in something that has wings and we can fly. Y'all got to catch the difference. And I'm saying to you right now, instead of complaining about the stuff you see, instead of complaining about not having this or not having that, you need to be creative enough to do it. Why do I say that? Because your dream is connected. You know what a dream is? A dream is something in you that God has put in you. Watch this. That somebody somewhere needs to hear. Your dream is something that somebody somewhere needs to hear. Your dream in you is, some, is, some, is, is in you for somebody to hear that will change them, that will inspire them to also be a dream chaser. Instead of complaining about culture, change it. Create it. Create it. Create it. Create something new. Think outside of it. Watch this. Too often, the church complains about culture instead of creating it. The energy we spend on criticism is being stolen from creativity. It's sideways energy, y'all. It's sideways energy. We need fewer commentators and more innovators. Y'all might want to tweet that. Fewer commentators and more innovators. The innovators are those we call dream chasers. Dream chasers. All right, all right. Let me move to the next point. Y'all done got quiet on me. The third thing you need to do is pursue your re- pursue with relentless determination and reckless abandon. Pursue with relentless determination and reckless abandon. It done got quiet, so that, let me explain what that means. Benaiah was 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 relentless in making sure that at the end of this battle between him and a 500 pound beast that he would win i was he was determined i am determined to win matter of fact the only way this is going to win end is with me over this lion i'm determined i'm relentless i'm relentless i'm going to do it not only did he say that he says matter of fact i see these paws he's somewhere around here let me find him he did it with reckless abandon He didn't think about his life. He didn't think about what would happen. He already had the determination to kill the lion. So I'm going to put my life on the line and go after a 500-pound beast judging upon the size of the paws. And then, and then, and then when I encounter him, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to kill him. Now, can I, can I share something with y'all? But I didn't have a strategy. The Bible tells us that he encountered the lion. Well, legend says he encountered the lion. The lion charged after him. It just so happened to be a well. His strategy wasn't, I'm going to find the lion, then I'm going to have him chase me to the well, then I'm going to push him in there, then I'm going to jump down there and kill him. That wasn't his strategy. His strategy was, I'm going to use whatever's around me to, to defeat this lion, to win. I'm going to whatever it takes. He didn't know that he would have the access to a well to fall in there. Watch this. Here's a crazy thing. He didn't know what would happen once he got in the well. 
If anything, Broderick Maurice Santiago, I'm thinking, that's me by the way, I'm thinking like, if, if, if I'm falling in this pit with this lion, he got me by about three, four hundred pounds. Chances are, I'm going to lose. All he has to do is lunge upon me. If I miss one miss, he got me. One mistake, he got me. I'm stuck in this pit. There's no way out. My first thought is, retreat, run for my life. Because I know this lion will get me. But no, not Benaiah. He looks at that lion and says, come on. Come on. Oh, oh, there's a pit. Yeah, I'm going to. Come on. Come on. I'm going to push you in the pit. He gets in there with the pit. No strategy. He just, as soon as he gets in there, probably, I imagine Benaiah, because he went with, rele- with reckless abandon, I imagine them falling, and Benaiah like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And when they find the time they land, he finished them. That's just me. You know, Brian, I like comic books and stuff, so I'm always thinking crazy like that. I imagine that the, the fight, the stabbing, the, the defeat happened on the way down in the pit. Here's what I'm telling you. You have to pursue your dream with relentless determination, saying that I don't care what people say. I don't care what they do. I don't care how people look at me. I don't care how educated I am or not. I am going to go. Nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to deter me. Nothing's going to keep me away from pursuing my God-given dream. Relentless. I am not ever going to quit. I don't care if I'm beat down. I don't care. I'm going to keep on pursuing it because I know this is a God-given dream. Reckless abandonment. Listen, I'm abandoned. I'm going to get out there. Judge me all you want. Look at me, y'all. I'm doing this thing God has called me to do. I know you don't agree with it, but you don't know what my God has told me. I know you don't understand, but you don't live in the mind that God has given me. I know you don't feel it, but you don't possess the heart that I have for God. I know you don't understand it, but it's not meant for you to understand. Why? Because it's a God-given dream, not a dream given by man. Judge me, persecute me, hang me, hate me, stop being my friend. Good, because you was dead weight anyway. Pursue with relentless, relentless determination and reckless abandon. And while we're there, let me talk about four. the fourth point. Beware of dream killers. Beware of dream killers. Beware of dream killers. There's a story of a man in the Bible by the name of Joseph. He was a dreamer. One of my favorite people in the Bible. I love the way he dreamed. He was a younger brother to older brothers. And and, and God had given him this dream telling him where he was going to be. Well, well, this young, uh, happy whippersnapper, he's like, hey, I got this dream. And and check this out. Uh, He went to his brother, even his daddy. He even had to tell his daddy because he had a dream. Like, okay, big brothers, I'm going to rule over (laughs) y'all. I know. It's not me. It's God. Imagine your little brother coming to you or your little sister. I'm going to rule you. You're going to work for me one day. <laughs> I won't tell you what I would say. It wouldn't be appropriate. But I'm like, mm, please. 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 You better quit it. Please. Imagine your child coming to you saying, I'm going to be your king one day. I just look at Junior. Now, 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 I'm biblical. If Junior said that, I would say, I hope so. I hope that you are my president one day. I hope that you are my pastor one day. I hope that you are indeed my shepherd one day. But, but, but before I knew Jesus, I'm like, sit your little butt down, boy. You don't know nothing. Ain't been nowhere. Can't even pee straight. And here Joseph is having to tell his daddy and his siblings, one day I'm going to rule over you. 
Oh, they were jealous. They plotted to kill the young boy, and, and, and they didn't succeed in that. Uh, and, then, and, then, and, then, and then once they tried to kill him because he was a dreamer, and, and it wasn't his fault because it was what God gave him, and he just wanted to share it because he was overzealous. Uh, uh, he went and, and shared with his brother to try to kill him, but, but he had one brother who was like, well, let's don't kill him. Let's make it look like we killed him. Let's set up the scene uh, with his jacket, and let's put him in this, in this, in this barrel or whatever, and then just, just sell him off. So they sold him off in the slavery, told daddy, yeah, man, you know what? He got killed by some lions or something. See, what had happened was, you know, one of those situations. So, so, so he sold off into slavery, Joseph, just because he has a dream and, and he begins to, 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 to go when he's a slave. And then they find out that he can interpret dreams. And, and so somebody uh, that's uh, with a higher ranking official says, hey, there's this guy that can interpret dreams. And I'm, I'm kind of just kind of paraphrasing it. So let me just explain to you. Let me just break it down like this. His brothers, he told his brothers, I'm going to leave, I'm going to rule over you. That's the dream God gave me. He sold into slavery. He ends up being friends with the king, but then the king's lady, old lady, was like, hey, man, you kind of hot. Let's do the thing, whatever. And he's like, no, I don't want to do the thing because I don't get down like that. And she's like, no, please. Okay, so she don't want to do the thing. I'm a lion. Say you try to do the thing, and you will get in trouble. You go to jail. So he ends up going to jail because the king was like, wait, 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 wait. Are you trying to holler at my wife? No, I ain't trying to holler at your wife. I promise you, I just, you know, so he goes and, 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 and just, 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 just let me get to the point here. Eventually he, he, the king is having this, other, you know, another king is having these dreams and all of this stuff and he's just bugging out like these dreams are crazy. I need somebody to understand. And so while he's in prison, he meets some people who, who, who work for the king and they're like, uh, hey man, you know what king, uh, uh, check this out. I met this dude in prison. Uh, he can tell you about your dream. And king's like, word, tell, 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 tell him to come here. So he goes and, and, he, and he helps the king understand his dream and all of this stuff came to pass and long and short end of it, this dreamer who was hated by dream killers moves on to become one of the most important officials in the land. Why? Because God gave him a dream, dream killers tried to kill, but he did not stop telling his dreams. He could have been like, oh, I'm not going to ever tell anybody about what the dreams I have ever again. But he says, no, God gave this to me and I will do it no matter what it costs, no matter what it means, my reputation, my own life, because God has given it to me. I will do it. This man used what God gave him in the form of dreams and became one of the most important officials only under the king. The king, the important, this cat was right under him and it all started with a dream. Dream killers will tell you you're not qualified. Dream killers will tell you, you sure you want to do that? Dream killers will look you in your face and say, hmm, <laughs> remember that last business you started, what happened? Dream killers may be the closest people you know. Dream killers may sleep in the same bed that you sleep in at night. Dream killers may be in the hallway down the hall. Dream killers may be mama, daddy, cousin. Them dream killers could be some of the closest people you know. Beware of dream killers. Can I fix something? That don't mean dream killers are bad people. If I, if I slayed every dream killer in this church, we wouldn't have a church. I'm not calling people out. But as a visionary of this house, I share some things that seem impossible, that seem unattainable. But see, that's the thing about being a shepherd. God lets me see five to ten years down the road, but you can only see what he has here. This is why he makes me the visionary. This is why he makes me the shepherd. And sometimes when I put those things out, they're like, oh, I don't think we should do that, pastor. I don't think we should do that. And it's like, but this is what God is saying. 
Maybe the time, my timing is off, but I know this is where God is leading us. Dream killers ain't always bad people. They just can't see what God has only allowed you to see. Don't brush them off. Watch this. Don't brush them off. Don't judge them. Don't do that. You just keep on moving. You just keep on moving. Now, now there's a difference between dream killers and haters. Okay, dream killers are the ones that just tell you, I don't know if that's, you know, I don't know if that's the right thing. Are you sure? Though they're just skeptics. That's all a dream killer is, is a skeptic. But the hater is really just trying to tear you down, looking at you like, you ain't please, boy. <laughs> you ain't never done nothing, and you ain't going to do nothing now. Big difference between a hater and a dream killer. I just want to make that clear, because guess what? You have probably been a dream killer. Unintentional. I've been a dream killer. I've been a dream killer. It's Okay. At the end, I get to look back and say, man, but I ain't, listen, I'm not a bandwagon, though. I'm not a bandwagon person. So at the end, I'm, I'm being honest with you. Somebody, if I say, man, I didn't think that worked, and then all of a sudden it worked, I just say, man, I'll be honest. I didn't think that was going to work, but I'm glad you kept on pressing. Amen. I'm not going to be like, man, I told you the whole time. Quick story, and then I'm done. I remember getting my license in upstate New York. Never forget this. It's a funny story to me. Hopefully, y'all laugh, too. And, and. And, and in New York, you, you don't drive with cones. We don't, we don't take the road test with cones. You on the street with real cars, I'm being honest. Ain't no parking lot. No, you on the street in New York. And I was taking my driving test, and I was getting ready to, and I was practicing with my grandfather. God rest his soul. He's in heaven now. And a uh, strong Spanish accent, and, and so I'm practicing. And, 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 and it's a big deal to parallel park in New York. If you can't parallel park, you will automatically fail in New York. I'm just being honest. You hit that curb, you just fail. And so I'm practicing, and I'm nervous because I'm in the car with my grandfather, and so I'm, I'm trying to get it in, and bam, I hit the curb. And this is just an hour before I have to take the road test. So finally, you know, we go, and he says, well, son, I tell you something. Uh, maybe you're not getting this time, you're getting next time. Maybe you're not getting this time, you're getting next time. I said, well, I think I can do it. He said, eh, it's okay. You know, you, you're doing good, man. You know, you got to try, you know, you can't hit the curve. You know. It's okay. You do it next time. So we go, get to the place. I take the test, and I'm getting up there, and, 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 and it's time to parallel park. And my grandfather, he sees somebody he knows out there, by the way, and they're talking or whatever. He says, yeah, I'm bringing, my, you know, I'm bringing my grandson to take his road test. So we get there. I do the road test. I pass. I get there. I pull up to my grandfather. I get out the car. He says, well, I says, he said, oh, it's, 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 it's okay. And I says, no, I passed. He said, I told you you're going to do it. I told you you can do it. <laughs> That's a true story, I swear. He tells his friend, hey, my grandson, I told you he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He do it. I told you. <laughs> Bandwagon, man. <laughs> Listen. Final thing, resist the urge to bow out, no matter what it looks like, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how painful it gets, no matter how much stress it causes you, no matter how much money it costs you, no matter how much time it costs you, resist the urge to bow out. Do not bow out. Norman Cousin says this, and our worship team can come. Norman Cousin says this, the tragedy of life is not death, but it's what we let die inside of us while we yet live. I'll say that again. You might want to write that down. That's good. The tragedy of life is not death, but yet what we let die inside of us while we yet live. As long as you're breathing air, inhale, exhale, you still can pursue your dream. Whatever that is you've had on your heart to do, do it. Psalms 34, 4 says this, 
I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. Fear is not a factor for a dream chaser. Psalms 56, 3 and 4 says this. But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise you, God, for what he has promised. I have trust in God. So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? Fear is not a factor for dream chasers. And dream chasers realize this. When you understand what your purpose is in life, turbulence doesn't stop you from pursuing. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.